All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Got it. To Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. I'm not Luckily. editing that out, Dan. That's fine. What did you do? I mean, I said, been got it. Screen. When I and then, and then it, you I apologized and the listeners heard that as well. Well, Hey, I was apologizing to each and every one of you listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in. Ding dong. Dan's here. So just <laughs> like the rest of us, this is episode one sixty one of Oilers Nation Radio. I am Bag Milk, Tyler Uremchuk, Rick Nation Dan. We're all here. We're going to break down the week that was in the world of the Edmonton Oilers. We've got one preseason game left to get to before the big dance starts. We've got predictions. We've got player updates. We've got hot and cold performers. I've got another round to ask the idiots. Lots to get to. So let's start with the Sherwood Ford Giant question. First, check them out on Twitter at Sherwood Ford on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. There's some beautiful new vehicles going up. If I wasn't patiently waiting for either my 1987 Ford Escort GT or my Ford Bronco, I might go buy one of those F-150s that they've been posting on Instagram, but I'll wait. My parking spot's still empty, Sherwood Ford. I know you hear me. Tyler, what is this week's giant question? This week's Sherwood Ford giant question of the week, by the way, Sherwood Ford is the new sponsor of the giant pregame show, which will air every Oilers game day live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook with myself and Caroline Schved. When does that go up? Every Oilers game day. One o'clock. How long? For, how, oh, one o'clock. Okay. One there o'clock. you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, this week's Sherwood Ford Giant question of uh, the season. We, I mean, we'll have actual regular season hockey to talk about next time we do one of these podcasts, which is awesome. Um, is awesome. The Giant question. What is your boldest prediction for this Oilers season? Boldest prediction for the 2021-22 Edmonton Oilers season. I've got a couple. I know the boys have got a couple. I've got some, some feedback from some listeners. So I'm going to jump in with those first while the boys are collecting their thoughts. 
on their predictions. Row Way on Twitter, R-O-W-W-A-I. He says, Mike Smith will score a goal this season. Book it. Bold prediction. I like that. Right last night. He went last night. He was probably, what, six feet wide? But you know what? He yeah. had more than enough length to get there. I like this prediction. Mike Smith with a goal. Uh, Shroom Sauce. Hell of a name there on Twitter. I like that handle. Shroom Sauce. He's got a handful here. Some bold predictions. Okay. Mike Smith will go- score a goal. I think a lot of us have that front of mind after last night. Jesse Pugliarvi will score over 30 goals. That's a big one. McDavid will get over 125 points this season. The Oilers will win the Pacific Division and is not particularly close. We have seen Zach Cassian's exit. I will frighten my cat 200 plus times with game day hollering. That's shroom sauce checking in with a handful of predictions here. Welcome to oil country. Straight vibing. This guy's all about the vibes on Twitter. RD will be solid enough and we will win the Pacific. Is that a bold prediction? I don't know. I think it's bold to say they'll win the Pacific. I don't think it's the only one in there that definitely wasn't bold was 125 for McDavid. Like that's what he should be putting up next year. Yeah. That's like basically what he would have put up had it been a full season. He's playing right-handed, I guess. Last one. We're checking in on Twitter. Uh, This one's from Bobby Brizzle says dad will lead the team in power play scoring. I like that one from Bouchard. I like that one a lot. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to happen. Not with Tyson Berry around and Darnell Nurse getting some reps in there too, but I do like that one a lot. Tyler? I mean, I, I took that as Bouchard's going to lead, lead the team in power play scoring like more than McDavid. Oh, huh? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's tough. It makes sense. Lock. It's either, it's either Bouchard <laughs> or Brendan Perlini will lead the team in scoring. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, this one comes in from Angus Hout. Miko has the best career, uh, best year of his career and finishes top six in Vezina voting. There is a bold prediction for you. Now let's get to the boys on the podcast. I'll go ahead and start this one off. Yessi Pugliarvi will have more goals this year than Patrick Laine. There you go. Bold prediction. Ooh, Tyler? That's spicy. I like that one. I like that one a lot. I mean, I think Laine's, you know, potentially due for a bounce back, but I, I think Pugliarvi in the spot he's in could definitely get more than 30. And when you look at the supporting cast Laine has in Columbus, like I, I like that bold take. That's a good one. I got some more too. What do you got, Tyler? I I had one that was Pugliarvi based. I was going to say he gets 35 goals and then I was going to morph it into a, I think Pugliarvi and Hyman will combine for at least 60 goals this year. Is that bold or is that, is that too, is that too not bold? I don't think that's bold. I think that's tepid. <laughs> that is a lukewarm talk. So 70 goals for Pugliarvi and Hyman. Would that be bold? I, that's more that's bold. bold. Okay. Yeah, okay. Bold. Then that's what I'll go with. Okay. Tyler's on the board with 70 combined goals for Hyman and Pugliarvi. I'm in with Pugliarvi scores more goals than line A this season. Rick, you're next up. What do you got? Well, I have to say, I think uh, shroom sauce there took like everything off my list. I literally <laughs> had here Pugliarvi over 30 goals. He comes up with that one. Um, I said, Cassian's going to get moved in season. Drop that one. But I will take another one that is a little bit further, and I will say that the uh, you'll see the Oilers in the uh, in the Western Finals. Ooh, I like that. We're getting bold here on the preseason. Nation Dan, your first bold prediction of the year. Well, I'm going to go and, yeah, add 10 points to uh, to the prediction there from, what was his name? Sauce. Shroom Sauce. Shroom Sauce. Uh, <laughs> and say McDavid has 135 points. I said that on August the 4th, and I'm sticking with it. 135 points for McDavid this year. Connor looks like a freak, too. 
Last night he only had two points, but it's uh, it was almost comical that he only had two. Uh, next up for me, I don't know how many you boys got, but I'm going to go to Miko Koskinen between the pipes. I'm going to say the feel good story continues. Miko Koskinen finishes the year with a 19 915 save percentage. Last year he was an 899, so that's a sizable bump. Tyler, you are next up. I like that. I like that. I think, you know, back in that routine of him and Smith going, you know, back and forth, splitting things a little bit more evenly. I I don't think that's a stretch at all right there. Um, I am going to go to the blue line and I will say that by the end of the season, Darnell nurse's regular partner will be Evan Bouchard. I, I mean, I just, I just need that to happen. I agree. That's a bold take considering he's starting on the third pairing, probably, you know, lower minutes at least to start, but I just, yeah. I just need that one to happen. Rick, you got another Tyler, one? His Tyler's delivery on that one was amazing. By the way, he just kind of, kinda he's a professional it out there. Yeah. It's good. Yep. Tyler's a professional. That's why he does a pregame show with Caroline. Uh, Rick, you got any more predictions? We're going to see Connor McDavid is something that we haven't seen anyone do in a very, very long time. And he's going to go North of 150 points. Whew. He sees Dan's 135 and raises him another 15. Plus. I'm with Rick, though. I'm with Rick. There you go. Nation Dan, I'm how do you respond? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to go against what you guys predicted. I'm going to say another goalie, not currently within the organization, will start 15 plus games for this team mm. this year. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. ideas on a name? Maybe like somebody like Anton Kudobin seems to be circling around the Oilers yeah. a whole lot. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's usually for me. It's usually a trade like that where it's somebody you don't see at all. I don't think a lot of people picked Rollison when we went and made a transaction for him. Mark so, Andre Fleury. Yeah, that's a, that's a it's a wild pick, but yeah, we could potentially make that work. What's he making this year? Seven, Seven and a half. So has to be some money, but yeah. I if just, Chicago uh, falls out of it, he's a year away from unrestricted free agency. Who knows if Flurry would ever be open to that? But if he wants to chase a ring and Edmonton's in a good spot at the deadline and Chicago sucks, it's a lot of what ifs. But yeah, uh, Tyler is trading Mark Andre Flurry to the Oilers. Bold take. No? I like it. How's this one, Tyler? Here's a spicy one for you. And maybe this is just me being an asshole, but I don't have a whole lot of faith here. Uh, Mike Smith will have more points when the season ends than Kyle Turris. Boom. Hot take. No, oh, come on. You're not <laughs> on the Kyle Turris, Kyle Turris uh, revenge tour? <laughs> I mean, I would love it, but I just, I can't. What is it? Like, his preseason hasn't just been all that impressive to me. If, he, if there's guys that aren't injured, is he in the lineup? I mean, I, I, mean, the I guy don't had think five he makes the lineup right now. Does he? I don't know. Even with the even with Archibald out and Cassian? Oh, he makes the lineup in that. He's making it over Sevier, yeah. I think. But yeah. you got De- uh, Devin Shore. Uh-huh. And then yeah. Lamborghini Perlini. Lamborghini Perlini has got to be it. Got to make the team, right? Yeah, Perlini's on the left side. I don't think Benson's going to be in the lineup opening night unless oh, they unless yeah, they shift Fogel to the right side and put Benson on the left side because Cassian's out. I could see them. I could see them putting McLeod in the in in Baco to start the year too. I think they are going to put McLeod in Baco to start the year. He's had a really quiet preseason. Yeah. Which is disappointing. Not bad. Not bad. Just not, not bad. Positive. It's just yeah, quiet. It's not a lot of positive. And that's kind of what everybody has been in the preseason. I know we've said it about, you know, Turris and, and whoever else we're talking Except about. Except um, They haven't been bad. You know, they've been quiet. They I just haven't been we haven't seen the the uh, the po- a lot of the positives out of it. And I think I think Tippett said the other day that like, no one's really played themselves off the team, yeah. but only a couple of guys that kind of like bumped themselves up. Well, 
do you then not agree that Mike Smith will finish with more points than Kyle Turris? Uh, no, because I think he'll get a couple more opportunities <laughs> in there. <laughs> Watch. Watch it happen. Book this. Bookmark this podcast, people, if you're listening. And when Mike Smith scores 45 points this year as the Oilers. <laughs> 45 yeah, can, you points. can you imagine Turris still puts up like 18 points, but Mike Smith's just on like some dumb heater. He gets assists like every second game on the power play. Mike Smith hey, is like the, would be like the third highest scoring defenseman in the league by the end of the season. Watching him bomb passes to the other blue line last night on the power play. He's going to get his points. Vancouver was out to lunch on <laughs> half of those plays. They dumped the puck doing. in on Smith half the night. Like, yeah, right they, to him. They bet on him to be able to make those passes. Can I, can I give you guys an actual interesting question here? Yes. What, it, what number is higher? Mike Smith assists or Mike Smith delay of game penalties? He had two Ooh. assists last year. Oh, it's How many delay of games did he have, though? I'm going to say delay of game. He, he fucking fires that baby. Yeah, but he's pretty good. He's pretty good, and I do. He's see real him good. Up, maybe, I guess see him getting like four or five points this year. Well, this and, offense, uh, yeah, this offense changes everything. You guys yeah, are yeah, like I, so I, yeah. humbled when Kyle Terrace finishes that you were two points. Mike Smith got twenty-five. Last year, Mike Smith had two assists and three minor penalties. Yeah, but like, were those all clearing the puck over the glass, or was all. he it punching with say. blockers? Because that is also a Mike Smith patented yeah. move. Where he, like last night when Mike Smith dove into the pile as if he was trying to get a rugby ball or something just to throw a good blocker. It made me laugh out loud. It's the preseason, baby. But Mike Smith is fired up. All right, back to preseason. Back to bold predictions. Again, Mike Smith, more points than Turris. That's where we left off. Tyler, you're next up. Another bold prediction I got. Bouchard will be on the top pairing. And I got Puljujarvi Hyman combined for seventy goals next season. Um, what's one more? I, I, it needs to be one that I can actually believe. I don't just want to throw something out there. Warren Fogel, pots twenty. I like that. I'll take that. Was I'm going to say it's because and yeah, like, like I think he's been in that kind of fifteen goal range before. And I'll say that there there will come a stretch where he gets a look with McDavid because of injury yeah. or something like that. And they'll move him up for like a 15 game stretch and he'll pot like seven and we'll be like, Holy shit. He's, he's unbelievable. And then they'll stay together for a little bit. Maybe he gets a few more and then, you know, he probably goes back to the bottom six, but Fogel to get 20. How about that? So Warren Fogel career high 2019, 2020 with the hurricanes is 13 goals in 68 games last year. He had 10 and 53. Can he get to 20? Question that's actually, that's actually not even that far off then if he's getting more opportunity here. Yep. Yeah. Rick or Dan, any more bold predictions for oh, I got a few more. the season? Go ahead. Dan. I got a few more. I've, I've got Leon not making 100 points this year, but he will be in the 90s. Uh, Zach Hyman is our third highest scoring player with 80 plus points. How dare you? And Yamamoto with 25 goals. Ooh. I think he's going hot this year. People are forgetting about him. Yamo. Big How Yamo can Yamo guy. get that many goals if Drysaddle isn't putting up points, though? He's putting up 100 or almost 100 points. He's still putting up 90, 95 okay. points. Sure. Right? Fair. Fair. Thanks. There you go. Bull predictions. If you want to include some, I'm just looking at the Twitter. There's nothing new coming in. ON Radio Podcast oh. on Twitter and Instagram, provided Mark Zuckerberg knows how to work Instagram again. I'm also going to say Devin Shore gets 15 points plus this year. Is that a lot for Devin Shore? I have no idea. Yes. He had nine last year in 38 games. Oh, that's doable then. Dave Pippen obviously loves him. But yeah, that's what I mean. That's where I'm going. I'm betting on Dave's love of the veterans. 
Uh, Devin Shore, career high, 33 points in 2016-17 with the Dallas Stars. There you go. Again, if you want to chime in, Owen Radio Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We encourage your bold takes. If you also also believe that Mike Smith will outscore, outscore Kyle Turris, <laughs> give me a digital fist bump. I'll digital fist bump you back. All right. We're moving along. Uh, I got to give some love to DoorDash. It's Friday. Ding dong. You're hungry. I'm hungry. I can't cook. That's what DoorDash is for. And we've got a promo code for you. ON Radio DD gets you 25% off your order. It also gets you, or yeah, gets you free delivery on your first one. So 25% off and free delivery on your first order. And we've also got a Oodle Noodle promo for you as well. If you're in the mood for some nudes, which you should be, if you use Oodle 2021, you will get $7 off your order of $30 or more. I did it the other day. Banana spring rolls, normal spring rolls, hot box, wonton soup, green onion cakes. Just bury yourself in all of it. And how many times can you do that bag milk? You can use that 10 times, Dan. Oh. 10 times. Again, that's Oodle 2021 with our friends at DoorDash. All right, let's look at last night's game against the Canucks a little bit just because there was some news. Yamo missed last night. He was practicing. Uh, some people in the nation, I was, I was doing some comment moderation in the last couple of days and people are down on Yamamoto. Uh, this is not a great scenario for him to be injured to the start of the season. Hopefully he's playing tomorrow. I just want to talk to you guys and get your take on Kaylor Yamamoto. Is he having kind of like, does he have a lot of pressure on him more than he maybe should Dan going into this year after a tough one in 2020? Uh, I think he's honestly, I kind of think he's like the forgotten piece in the top six. You know, everybody's focused on Hyman right now. Puyarvi having, you know, his resurgence here and, and, you know, making a lot of the doubters look stupid. Um, the reuniting of Dreisaitl and Nuge with Yamamoto. I, I think that he's kind of the forgotten guy right now, but that doesn't necessarily mean great things for him as it comes to, you know, this season. And, and you're right. I think that there, it, it, it's going to be a lot of personal pressure to, to succeed now with this trio that we've seen some fireworks from, but, uh, but hadn't seen anything really from it last year. So yeah, it's, I think it's that line in general, but I, I feel like he's kind of the forgotten piece in the top six right now. Tyler Yamamoto's had a quiet preseason again. It doesn't really matter overall. He got some chances. He just couldn't cash. Do you think there's more pressure on Yamamoto this year? And is it deserved? Yes and yes. I mean, I'm going to agree with you on both fronts. I think there is some pressure on Kyler Yamamoto this year. He's coming off a down year and he's on a one-year contract. He's a young player. There are guys in the bottom six and that, that could realistically take his spot. Warren Fogle and Zach Hyman can both play the right side. Zach Cassian, if healthy, can play the right side. And and we know when he's hot, he can be a decent fit with McDavid as well. So if you're Kyler Yamamoto, I think you've got to be sitting there right now and going, and if the first three games of the year don't go well for me, they, they might be looking to replace me in this top six. And if they replace me in this top six, my contract next year is not going to be very good. So I absolutely think Yamamoto should, he should be feeling a little bit of pressure here. And it's warranted because again, this guy rode shotgun with Leon Drysaddle for the majority of last season. And he scored like what, four goals in his last 40 games. That's not good enough. And you can sit there and say, yeah, he's a young player. He does a lot of things, right? I love Yamamoto. I agree. He does a ton of things, right? When he's out there four checks hard, creates turnovers, but at the end of the day, if you're not scoring goals and you're riding shotgun with Leon Dreisaitl, that's a problem. And, and that's something the coach will look to change if Yamamoto doesn't start to find the back of the net. Rick, wrap us up. You're the first person I knew to get a Yamamoto, Yamamoto jersey. A little bit of pressure on the kid this year, yeah? Oh, 100% there is. I mean, it's 
yeah, you're playing in the top six on a team like this with this kind of offense. You definitely have to uh, have to have to pull your weight out there. At the same time, I will give him a little bit of uh, a little bit of slack and say, you know what, he is young. He's a, only has about a whole season under his under his belt right now. Um, this point, I get I get being down on him because we were down on him from last year, and you really not going to do anything in the preseason to change that. Um, so yeah, it's it's up to him, and it's going to be the first. You know, I'd say it's probably a little more than three games, but um, first ten games, he doesn't look. Uh, if things are, if he's not pulling his weight there, um, things are going to change. So it's, he, he needs to get going here, but I think he'll be okay in the long run. I think he's going to be okay too in the long run. It's just there is pressure on Yamamoto to perform. He did a one-year show-me deal, obviously with his contract extension. And if he doesn't find a way to work with Leon and Nuge this season, having him in the middle six, like in the third line, probably isn't the ideal spot there. So he needs to get it going. Needs to figure it out because a checking line role, while he would probably do well at it, he's relentless on the puck. I don't know that that's the best spot for him. So, Kaylor, we believe in you. We just need you to perform, buddy. We need you to cash, but more importantly, get healthy first. Speaking of getting healthy, last night, if you go over to hockeyfights.com front page, Zach Cassian versus Zach McEwen, preseason fight did not end well for Zach Cassian. He was KO'd on the ice last night. Scary scene at Rogers Place. You never want to see a guy get in a fight and then immobile after it when he goes crashing down to the ice uh tyler what do you make of preseason fights like that personally i for a guy like cassian he knows he's on the team i know he wants to get himself going and everybody wants him to be that guy but i just i don't see the point in it for an established nhler like him to get in a preseason fight no it didn't make it didn't make any sense at all and we're now getting to the point where cassian has been hurt in i believe his last two fights in the yep. nhl good brands and he what broke his hand or something so Zach Cassian, pardon? We are right. Yeah, that was correct. Yeah. Um, You know, we're talking about Yamamoto facing pressure, like Cassian's facing pressure as well this year. Immense pressure, I'd say. He's got to really get going. And man, if you're trying to get into a rhythm and not lose any sort of momentum and not lose your spot on this team, you need to be in the lineup. You can't be hurt. I understand part of his role is to protect his teammates, and that's an important part of his role. And he needs to provide energy, but. Uh, I, I maybe he's just got to find a way to do it without shedding the mitts. And I get in that role, you need to be willing to do it, but it's just, man, you're, you're clearly in a, in a trend here where you can't drop the gloves without getting hurt. So, so maybe you do need to find ways to be effective without dropping the gloves. I don't know. It's tough. Cause I understand why he's doing it and I get the mentality behind it. And I understand why you need a guy like Cassian to step in and be willing to do that. But it's just like, it's getting to the point where it's like, man, is it even worth it anymore? If every time you drop the gloves, you're just going to get hurt. Like, just just keep them on and lay a big hit next time you're out there. The thing that I think that uh, bothered me about last night's fight is it was just one of those ones off the draw. And Zach McEwen, yeah, he got tied up a little bit with, I think it was Leon earlier in his shift. But, like, it wasn't crazy. I, I just didn't see the point of an off-the-draw fight like that uh, in the, with the second-last game of the preseason. Again, I love when Zach Cassian's on his game. I remember being at the playoffs against San Jose when he was playing at his best and he was a destroyer of worlds and he scored a big uh, goal on the PK, if I remember correctly. And it was just like, he didn't fight in that game. There was no fighting in that game. He was just being Zach Cassian, throwing his body around and doing the things that create space for the other players on the ice. Rick, you and I both love scraps, but what would you make of a preseason fight that takes a guy down like that? I think it's just bad luck and it's unfortunate. It's, you know, with a guy like him, he knows what he has to do out there. He hasn't been able to do anything really offensively. He knows that it's got to have to be a physical side of the game. Um, he had an opportunity to, 
to have a scrap. And look, that's just, it's part of the game. It's part of the role. And it just didn't go his way last night. It's, you know, I'm not going to say that, you know, he's on, he's on a roll of, you know, not being able to get through fights without getting hurt, even though it is too, because last night was, you know, he was fine when he hit the, he, he was fine going down, right. He had his head on the ice. Like yeah. he was, he wasn't. Yeah. Right. So um, that's fair. It's a freak accident, man. It's, 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 it's unfortunate. Um, the guy's trying to get himself going. He's trying to get that confidence level up. And these are one of the things he does. And it's, it's, it's bad luck. It's bad luck. It sucks. I know you want to sit there and say, he's got to avoid this now. Like maybe this just isn't for him or something, but that's part of who he is. It's part of the game. That's why he was able to do what he was doing in 2017, because in the year he probably played, he probably had some scraps and, and it, it's just part of his game. It's, it is what it is. It sucks. But yeah, it, it, it just is what it is, man. It's, it sucks. And there's just nothing you can do about it. It's bad luck. It's bad luck. I just wish he picked a better spot. Like if that, if that was in the regular season, I'd probably understand it a little bit more, but preseason is kind of what grabbed my attention there. I want to turn to a hockey fights perspective, Dan, you posted the fight late last night. What is the hockey fights, hockey fights vibe around a fight like this, where obviously that site people go there to watch scraps, but I don't think for the most part, anybody wants to see another guy get hurt. No. And that's the, and that's the thing. And Rick's, 100% correct and of course we're all I think we can all acknowledge that that this isn't even a conversation we're having if if this little accident at the end doesn't happen at all uh, credit to McEwen for recognizing that it that it uh, it happened and he was waving for the trainer right away and you could see he was visibly upset with the fact that it did go down that way um, the response from the fans on hockey fights you when you have an incident like this happen we, we do see an influx of users come in that are I would say anti-fighting um, at best, and and so they 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 kind of they come in and they they patronize about you know whether it's a staged fight or preseason or you know of course these guys are going to get hurt that kind of response, and then you just get the the normal responses of people are mad at Cassian they don't like Zach Cassian for whatever reason that he's done in the past you know whether it's taking out Sam Gagne's teeth or whatever he's upset other people with uh, in the past so some people just don't like him and they hate it on him but but. What I think is is the coolest thing is when we get to hear from these guys as to why these fights happened. To me, when it happened, I thought to myself that Lockwood incident with Dreisaitl earlier in the game may have been the reason for it. It's weird to not have Lockwood the one fighting, but of course Cassian grabbing, grabbing a young kid like Lockwood would not have gone over well either. So he grabs McEwen, who's the Vancouver's fighter in the roster that night. So... You know, when you watch a show like Pound for Pound from Dropping the Gloves, there's a little tag or a little uh, hit for the uh, company. But if you watch a show like that and you hear these guys talk about why these fights happen, there is reasoning behind it. I know that people say it's a staged fight, but obviously McEwen and, and Cassian weren't happy with each other before that moment. And so... I get it. I understand that, you know, it's the preseason and you, and you don't necessarily want to see a guy put himself into a situation where he can get hurt. But, you know, as Rick mentioned, this is Cassian's job and it's the reason he's an NHL player right now. It's the reason he's getting paid some of the smoke that he's getting paid. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a debate that will continue to rage on and it and it continues to get fired up by these kinds of fights and these kinds of accidents that happen. I, I don't expect you to give the exact answer, Dan, but like how many fights was there in the preseason this year? 
just a ballpark is fine. It's yeah. It, it, I would say it's like a, it's probably at like a fight per game because of uh, really, really just because of the Florida Tampa Bay series. Those two teams, if you've missed it, uh, had six or seven not fans of each other. Like. Yeah. They are not big it. fans of each other. They had the series last year where, where it kind of just continues to boil over now into the preseason. And that's when I get really excited about fighting in preseason, because that is just pure hatred between two teams. And some of those guys, are just getting introduced to it and they're already excited and amped up about it in the preseason but yeah it's it's been it's been a little bit up from previous years in this preseason i don't know if that's because these teams are trying to get reacquainted now that they've been separated some of them since uh since last year with the COVID. but yeah i I just it's uh the preseason is an interesting time and a lot of the time what you see is young guys that are fighting for that roster spot trying to show that passion and that excitement so, unfortunate news, obviously, nobody wants to see a guy go down in a fight, no matter which team it is. Um, let us know your thoughts as well. ON Radio Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. If it's not still broken by the time you hear that, let us know your thoughts on last night's fight and the result for Zach Cassian. It's a tough situation for a guy who needs to have a good year, and that's not the start he wants. And all the best to him. I hope he will be okay. Change, let's, before we change gears, i got to give a shout out to our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. For 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone Insurance has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton with all the products you could ever hope for in terms of your insurance, whether that's auto, residential, commercial, or life insurance. They're here for you. And on the left-hand side of the screen at cornerstoneins.ca, again, cornerstoneins.ca, there is a button that says Citizen of the Nation. Click that. Get yourself a little discount on whatever products you need. Last week, we got into a little bit of futures betting. All of us on this here podcast are bettors. We like to throw some money down. I was live betting on last night's preseason game. I am getting into my D-Gen mode here as the season gets going. My friend Tyler Uremchuk has got some bets that we are going to look at for the upcoming year. And this, this week, we're looking at just player props, right? Yeah, last week we took a look at some ways you could bet on the Oilers as a team. And uh, this week I dug up some player props from around the web to see if there's any value on these. And hint, I think there is. Um, I got four point totals and one goal total. We will start on the point side of thing with Connor McDavid, who's over under for the year is set at 128.5. Okay, so that's right in the middle of that's above old shroom sauce. That's lower than Rick. Around Dan, roughly. Let's, well, let's. I'm taking the over on this one. I oh, life's too short to bet the under, baby. Fair. Well, and you can't bet the under against Connor McDavid. Never. It's foolish. Last so, year, I like even last year, we were doing our points predictions for the 56 game season, and I said something like 89 or 90, and he just made me look dumb. So I'm not doing that again. Made us all I'm, look bad, except Dan. I'm betting the over on <laughs> Connor McDavid this year. What did you say? 128? Easy. That's lunch money. You'll have it by Christmas. Go ahead. Tyler, you're next. (laughs) Over. I'm going over as well. Um, I like it here. I honestly got it by Christmas. I will say this. I probably should have adjusted these more from what like I've kind of seen on the sports books as well, um, because a lot of them seem pretty low. But this McDavid one is especially low. Uh, Rick, you're next up. Where are you landing on this one? 128. Oh, that's that's over all day long. Uh, you know, yeah, that one twenty. I know it's a crazy number. I know it's not something we've seen very often, but we're watching something right now that has not happened in, in a couple of decades, right? Like, I think he's going to be able to do offensively. I think he's going to put up more money, more points than uh, than Sid the kid was in his heyday. So, I think, yeah, overall day long. 
Dan, well, I already argue. got. I already yeah. know what your answer is, at Dan. Going over. Hundred percent over uh, every day. Every over day. across the board. Again, if you're following along with us at home, hit us up. Owen Radio Podcast. Over under 128 points. For and if you bet on this, you owe us 10. percent Of course. How are you next up? Yeah, you got to give us some uh, some beer money here. Uh, the next one we're going to go to is a goals prop. Leon Drysaddle's over under is set at 46.5. Shit. <laughs> that's well, that's like that's a that's that's a that's, that's a number right there. That's a tricky one. It is. Leon's hit 50, so we can do it. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a tricky one. I'm gonna say you know what? Based on the power play and Tyler saying that the power play is gonna be at 75% completion this year, I'm gonna say I'm taking the over. He gets to 50. Really? Leon's I'm, getting 50 again. I'm going under. I mean, in the last couple of years. In his last three years, he's averaged 48 goals per 82 games. So he's going to have to stay perfectly healthy and basically score at the same pace he has for the last three years. One of those years was his 50-goal campaign as well. So I think this line is set at a really interesting spot. But It's a tough one. It's tough. I'm going under. How dare you? Scoundrel. Fire Tyler Gramchuk. (laughs) Rick, where are you at? What was it? 48 goals? 46 and a half. 46 and a half for Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, it's, you know what, in an Olympic year, he's going to be playing more hockey. There's going to be a lot of travel in the, uh, in the February forum. Um, I could see him missing. I hate doing it. I got to go under. How dare you? How Dan, where are you at? 46 and a half for Leon. Yeah. So the reason that I went with McDavid at 135, and then I say Leon's not going to break 100 is because I just don't think that they're going to need to be that great this year because I think the offense around them is also going to be pretty good. So I'm going to say under on that one. I just don't think that Drysaddle needs to score 50 this year for us to be successful. He doesn't need it. He wants it. He wants he, it. In he's his capable big, of it. Sexy German frame. I'm the only one taking the over on this one. Again, let us know. Owen Radio Podcast. Again. Shout out to Leon Dreisaitl, one of the first three people named to the German Olympic team. What an absolute shock that was. I couldn't believe it. Tobias Reeder not named to the team? I thought it was going to be Yui Krupp, but I was wrong. Is Yui Krupp even German? I have no idea. I just said that. <laughs> he said is. Name. is he? Nice. Yes. Yep. Got that one right. Tyler, what's next? Gotch. All right. The next one I got here is Yesopul Yarvi over under 36 and a half points. Oh, fucking over all day. What are we talking about? Over. I, I, he's going to almost get that many goals. What are we, t- unless he's like a running a Cy Young campaign this year, there's no way. Well, he might, but there's no way. I just, there, he's passing better. He's moving better. He looks comfortable. He looks like he already knows where Connor wants him slash needs him to be over all day. Tyler? Yeah, I'm going over as well. And I'm going to pat myself on the back here because when I jumped online to uh, make my season long over under bets, I got this line at 31 and a half, which is like insanity. Uh, 36 and a half still. I'm taking the over on this one. Rick, I got, I've got a pretty good idea where you're going on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I, like same thing as Tyler, though. I've taken this one already and it was, I it was a, definitely a smaller number. But yeah, no, over all day long. You guys saw that pass that, uh, that no look pass to Connor to Hyman at the door. Like, come on. That's that's easy, man. Second assists still count, people. Jason Gregor wrote about it yesterday. Dan, your thoughts on the Pugliarvi over under? How can you go below like 40 
with the way that this kid Again, shoots like, the puck. I, yeah, like he just, just shoots the puck every time he has it on his stick. I love it. It's the best over every time. All right. what, what else we got, Tyler? Zach Hyman, his over under for goals this year is set at 30.5. And uh, I can chime in first year. I think he can get. You're going to need him to, buddy, on your bold You prediction. have to. Oh, yeah, fuck. I know. Him. I know because my bold prediction. <laughs> no, nah, I'm going to say he finishes with like exactly 30. I'm going under here. We need Nixon's more got, unders. Tell me you got peer pressured into making your bet. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, on uh, Tyler's bold take there, Pooley Arby's going to do some heavy lifting on that one. Originally, Arby, I wanted to say. Score, according you know, to Tyler. Originally, I wanted to say 60, and then, yeah, I got pressured into going up to the 70 mark. <laughs> I'm going to say under. I, if I had to bet, I'm not touching this one. Like, I have money on uh, McDavid and Puyarvi, but I'm going under on Hyman. I would go under on Hyman as well. I'm just worried about those knees of his. I love mm-hmm. the way he plays. I've written about it in every single wrap-up so far. I've written about him on random thoughts. I love the way the guy plays the game. He goes to the areas of the ice that people don't really want to go to, and that will make him successful. I'm going to take the under, unfortunately. Rick? I think he's going to get a little bit over that. Uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunity on the power pool. There's, there's going to be goals plentiful out there. Um, he's going to be out there a lot. He's going to get a lot of opportunities, especially just because he's that right-hand shot over there. Yeah, he's. He, I can see him getting 35, no problem. Nation Dan. Yeah, I'm going to say the over just because I'm – being positive here more than anything. I, I, I don't know what that line makeup is going to be like, and I don't know if they slot in somebody else, if that person's going to become just the bang at home kind of goal scorer, who knows? But I would say every indication of what Zach Hyman brought to the Toronto Maple Leafs says, yes, he will go over 30 goals. Where are we at, Todd? Are we done? We got, some- uh, I think, no, I think I got one more here. It's an, it's, it. it's your boy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's mm-hmm. over under for points this season is set at 61 and a half. Yeah, I'm taking the over on that. I mean, that's on brand though. I got it. You can bet with your heart here, people. That's yeah. what risky business is all about. I think that new, first of all, last year, news and Hopkins did not have a good year at five on five. We can all agree with that. Power play was still fine. Power play will continue to be fine. He's going to bounce back at five on five. He's not going to have the same numbers as his rookie season for two yeah. seasons in a row. Not happening. Over 61. Absolutely. All day. I'd put money on that right now, Tyler. You're next up, Mr. Ramchuk. This is your question, your answer. Oh, man. It's tough. It's tough. I was looking into this because I got an article coming out on these uh, this weekend. I, I, hmm, 60, it's same thing as Hyman, where like I have him kind of pegged as a 60 point guy. And it's like the line is set at a really, really tough spot here. I think I'm going under. Like, I think he'll get you close, bastard. but I, I'm just, mm, it's tough. It's tough, but I'm going under again. I'm sorry, guys. You, you've offended the Shaolin Temple. Rick, you're next up. Nuge, over 60. Over, under 60. Uh, it's, 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 it's over. It's over. Um, even last year, I think, if he ended up playing 82 games based on his 35 points in 52 games, that's would have been right, right around there, right? And in the mix. Yep. Um, previous, previous to that, in his big year, 1920, it's 61 points in 65 games. Yeah, fine. That's no problem. And go back one more year, he had 69 points in 82 games. Uh, I think he's only gotten better in the last couple of years offensively. Uh, he's starting to shoot the puck more. Um, I see him up in the 70 range. 
Plus, he's oh, gonna I'm get going all over. the power play minutes he could ever want. He's gonna Rick, be playing you with Leon. Me. Or... I'm going fucking over too. I'm putting. Yeah, right peer now. pressure always wins. It, I, I get, I get where you're coming from, but when I'm looking at these numbers here, it's like 61 and 65, and even like last year, he had a bad year. Mm-hmm. I don't know the quick math on this, but 35 uh, points in 52 games in an 82 game season. That's really fucking close. So he's a bad year. He's pretty much at a uh, at a sixty point pace right now. Um, I think that's low. I think I can see him getting in the seventies. Nation Dan, last call on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Well, I'm really excited for this season because I think that Leon Nuge and Yamamoto will be able to stick together a long time. Even if Hyman doesn't work out necessarily at the start, they'll slide Fogel up into that spot in my mind uh, to start. So I. I really think that the over is possible here. I think that that line starts off maybe a little bit slow, but I I think they're going to come right back into that form we saw in 2019 where they just seem to click and make it make it work. And so, or 2019, 2020. Um, But uh, yeah, so I would say over for sure. It's a lock. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Lock. Very, very handsome. Lock. Lock it in people. If you uh, have a, Tyler goes from no to lock. lock yeah, we've, we've bullied Tyler a couple of times I in know. these predictions so far. And I like it. I like uh, it a lot. Can, can I just go through everyone's picks again here to make sure I have yes, them please. correct for the graphic? Rick, you are going over on McDavid under on dry settles goals. And then over on all three of pool, RNH and Hyman. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired yeah, for I, going over and everything. <laughs> I hate I hate the fact that I'm under on the on the Leon one, but I just yeah no that the rest of those are right. Uh, Bag milk, you're going over on everything except Hyman. <laughs> yep. All right, Dan, you're going over on everything but Drysital. Yep. And I am going over on McDavid, JP, and RNH, and under on Hyman and Drysital. I think or, we can all agree the Kool-Aid is delicious. Oh, it's going down smooth, baby. And I am this harsh. This team is good. This team is good. That's the thing. It's all don't offensive questions. Don't, don't be afraid about, you know, about, about backing them up right now. This is a, if this team comes out and plays the way they should, um, these numbers are all very low. Yeah. Tyler. Listen, yep. I, I wasn't ready to be excited for the season. And then I saw Dom Lashuzikin put our prosper, put our rankings up pretty high. And I was like, well, he's never done that before. So it's time to get excited. Tyler, um, you looked apprehensive about Rick's statement that the Oilers are good. Why? No, I don't look apprehensive at all. I think they are good. I think it's going to be a lot. We talked about this last week with the division odds. I think it's going to be a lot closer between Edmonton and Vegas than the sports books want to give Edmonton credit for. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think they're a really good team, but they're flawed, but they're in a division that is full of flawed teams. Like there is not a single perfect team in their division. Whereas when you go to the other divisions, you can find perfect teams. Colorado is damn close to perfect. How dare you? Um, when you, when you even go out to the Eastern conference, like Tampa Bay is still perfect. The Islanders, I mean, they're maybe not quite perfect, but they're damn close and they're coached well. So every division has a team that looks like they could be a standout cup contender, I don't see that in the Pacific division. So yeah, I think the Oilers have a real good chance of winning the division and all these bets, I think have, have a decent chance of hitting the over. Like the lines are all set at really interesting spots. The thing that worries me with doing season long bets, and I've done a few of them, them of them now, it's just health, right? Cause if a guy, you know, yep. pops out his shoulder and misses a month, like, kiss your bet goodbye kind of thing. Um, that's why, that's why often betters go over because they get teased up because they think that, the person is going to be more successful, but the Vegas odds are factoring in the fact that yeah. they could miss a few games. 
Yeah. Um, the other ones I have here, just cause I I'm in the mood to share. Um, these are the ones I actually like, laid money on Taylor hall. I got him at 13 and a half goals this year. That's criminally low. The dude scores 20 every year. Yeah. I got, well, I text you that bet that it was so yeah. crazy. Yeah. I'm very happy you did that. I took David Pasternak over 35 and a half. I'm not as confident in that one as the hall one, but I think Pasternak's a machine and he'll be playing on that perfection line all year. Their power play. will be sick. I, I like that one. Um, Nathan McKinnon, I have him over 90 and a half at all. These are even money, by the way, or close to it. Uh, McKinnon over 90 and a half points. I think he's a hundred point guy this season. Like he's, he's that good. I mean, he's health good. again, but and, here's one for you, Tyler, before you yep. get onto your, one of your last ones, you picked, you talked about a guy like Crosby. who's going to miss at least a month to start of the season. The sports book I'm looking at right now has his points total set at 76 and a half. That seems high for a guy who's going to miss uh, six weeks or so. That's an interesting underspot. Actually, you're right. Like, I mean, there is a chance he's only out for like the first week or two of the year, in which case, you know, he's still going to get into like 70 some odd games. But I mean, with no Malkin there, their offense could take a hit. I don't, I don't mind that as a potential underplay. Um, The last one I had was, and my friends made fun of me because they were like, you are such a degenerate that you were betting on this man. But (laughs) I have, I have Anders Lee getting more than 38 and a half points this year on long Island. He's back. He's fully healthy. He's pretty much scored that pace every year of his NHL career. He's just got to stay healthy. So it's basically a bet on Anders Lee staying healthy, but he's good. He's on their power play. He, he should get the 40 point mark. If you're betting on futures, I want to hear about him. Mm-hmm. I want to hear Me about too. him. Hit us up. Owen radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Also, since we're talking betting, our friends at Points Bet Canada, the Nation Network and Points Bet Canada launched a new partnership this week. And just yesterday, we launched the new season of Nation Drafts. So if you go to nationdrafts.com, go there right now. I'll give you a minute. Okay, thank you. You will see, enter for free. You enter a team, you get a little, get a little player box. There's four guys in there. You pick your team, you follow them along you have the chance to win some pretty amazing prizes courtesy of our friends at points back Canada. Go over there, nationdrafts.com. If you haven't played before, it's super simple. It's easy. And I challenge you. Do you think you can beat me? I doubt you can bag milk fantasy warlord. That's my team name. Check it out. I want to know where you're at. Send me screenshots of your team, nationdrafts.com. Enter that this weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend. You've got extra time. Maybe while you're watching football on Sunday, Pop on over nationdrafts.com. Enter your team, enter to win all kinds of prizes. Boys, I hope you have your pencils sharpened. It is time for another round of Ask the Idiots, courtesy of our friends at busterspizza.ca. 11 locations in and around the city, whether you're looking for some pizza, donair, whatever you want, they've got it for you. They've got some combos for you. They've got all kinds of delicious eats. Busterspizza.ca. Find a location near you, gentlemen. I've got my Ask the Idiots questions up. I've got my Zoom call up. Nation Dan is first up on my screen. So you get the first question for Buster's Pizza and Ask the Idiots. This is a little little bit of a general one. So I'm going to say in points, just points, Dan. What is a good year for Kaylor Yamamoto? Well, if you believe my predictions, I would say 50, like 40, 50, somewhere in there would be my, uh, my thing for Yamamoto. Ricky, next up, ask the idiots, what's a good year for Yamo in terms of points? Um, this year, if he stays healthy and plays 82, it's, yeah, 50, 55 points in there. Tyler? 
20 goals and 25 assists is a really good year for Yamamoto. If, if he cracks that 20 goal mark, I'd have no complaints about that production. 25 assists would probably go hand in hand with that. So I'll say 45 points is a good year for Yamo. To wrap it up, I'm going to say if he falls anywhere within the 40 to 50 points, that's a very good year. And we yeah. should be happy with that, uh, regardless of what the split is in terms of goals and assists. Next up, Tyler, you're first up this time. Ask the idiots, which Pacific Division opponent will be the toughest matchup? The toughest matchup. I'm actually going to say it's the LA Kings. And uh, I look at that team here. We saw last year in the North division, how, you know, Philippe Deneau is a really, really good shutdown centerman. And the Oilers top six, no matter how you dice it up, will have to go up against Anzi Kopitar and Philippe Deneau. And then you got, you know, a good veteran like Dustin Brown in the mix there to try shut down and slow down the Oilers. And I mean, Drew Doughty and Alex Edler, if they played on the, on the same pairing, those are both two guys who have been a thorn in the Oilers side for a long time. So I know a lot of people are going to say Vegas. I think Vegas might be more prone to some run and gun games and that plays into the Oilers favor, honestly. But I think LA could just be just stingy and shut down. They're coached by Todd McClellan as well. And he knows a lot about McDavid and dry They got some good shutdown players. I will say the LA Kings consistently give the Oilers tough matchups this season. You know what? Since you said that, it kind of made me miss the Drew Doughty versus the Oilers matchups from the past years. He's just fun to watch. I don't know. I like when he chirps. I like when he gets in the mix. I don't know. I like it. Rick, toughest opponent or the toughest matchup in the Pacific Division. I get where Ty is coming from. I just don't think anybody's quite close enough to Vegas to take that role. So I'm just going to take the easy one and just say just because they are the second best team in the division. Um I think it's, 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 it's just Vegas for now. Uh, the other teams are right behind them and I can see them pushing them, get, uh, getting around the next year. But for now it's still Vegas. Dan. Uh, I'll be different and I'll say it's the Calgary flames. And the only reason not from a competitive standpoint, but just because they seem to get up for games against Edmonton more than most. And we get up for games for that against them, of course. But the thing is for me, the challenge is just getting out of those games healthy. Cause those are some dirty little pieces of, Anyway, so Calgary Flames, my uh, my most competitive matchup. I'm also going to agree with Dan. I'm going to say Calgary Flames, not necessarily because of the team, but in those games, like Dan said, things kind of get out of hand sometimes, and the Oilers can find themselves in penalty trouble. And when that happens, that is always a concern. So that's why I'm going to say the Calgary Flames as well. We touched on him a little bit earlier in the podcast. So, Rick, I'm starting with you. Question, ask the idiots for Buster's Pizza. Does Zach Cassie need to fight to be effective? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, he does. Um, I think it helps get his game going. I think it helps um, just get the snowball going in his own type of game. I think we need that type of a player on the team still. Um, There's still points in the game where it's needed and necessary. There's nobody else really on the team um, who is willing to do it or capable of doing it. I do not want to see Darnell um, in there. So, yeah, he's kind of the only one left. uh, So, yes. Nation Dan, does Zach Cassie need to fight to be effective? Yeah, if you if you look at it like Rick is, I think, correctly looking at it, where it's just a necessary element to have on the team, especially when you have some skill. And and Connor McDavid shouldn't have to be dealing with Lockwood messing around with him or or uh, who's the Winnipeg defender that was up in his grill all the time? Uh, oh, Pionk. 
Yes, Neil Pionk, that kind of stuff. Pionk. So, so for me, yes, Sakassian <laughs> needs to continue to fight. Um, I just think that I'm with you, Bag Milk and Tyler. Just pick your spots a little bit better, maybe, and and uh, and you should be fine. So, yeah, I'd I'd say it's a part of his game, and he needs it. Tyler, does that casting need to fight to be effective? He doesn't need to fight to be effective. I think he can be a good, you know, third, fourth liner who mixes it up physically and, and, and brings you some offense without having to drop the mitts. But I don't expect that to happen. I think he's the kind of guy who, uh, who likes providing his team with energy. And there's no denying that when he drops the gloves, it does give the team a boost. So I, I will say he doesn't need to, but I'm not exactly counting on him not fighting, if you know what I'm saying. Yep, that's where I'm at too. I don't think he needs to fight to be effective. If he's running around, hitting, you know, mucking it up in scrums after the after the whistle, getting under people's skin, he can be very effective that way without fighting. But it's a part of his game, so it just it kind of is what it is. Unfortunately, uh, especially after he got injured last night. Moving along, Tyler, ask the idiots continues. How many games does Brendan Perlini play with the Edmonton Oilers this season? How many games does Brendan? Okay. Um, 51. I'm going to say he's pretty much a regular. Um, I think he'll get into now, a lot early games, on. Are the games he's missing due to injury or a healthy scratch or a combination of both? No, I think he'll, he'll eventually get moved in and out a little bit, but I think his strong preseason will buy him a little bit of time. And I think he'll stay on the roster all year. So there'll always be spots where it's like, ah, like so-and-so's nicked up. Perlini's getting in, you know, this guy had a knee problem this morning. Perlini's thrown in as well. Like he's got the offensive instincts, right? So I think you kind of want to keep that guy around, even if it is just as an extra forward, because he can skate hard for check, be good in your bottom six. And then like when there are those moments where it's like, shit, Paul Yarvi is sick. Can't play tonight. Like, okay, throw Perlini up there. Like he's got a good shot. He can keep up. Not the worst player in the world. Like put him out there. So I'll say, I'll say just North of 50. Rick, how many games for Perlini in 2021-22? I think probably Tyler's right around there. So we'll, uh, we'll grab a different number. Let's call it 45. I Dan? do think he'll be in and out. He's going to be here. Probably he'll, he'll get nice stretches and then there'll be some, uh, some in and out farm. So yeah, right around the 45 mark half season. Dan? Uh, I'm going to say below 41. I think that I'm with the, with Tyler and Rick's kind of wavelength of that. He's going to be, he'll get a little bit of a leash to start the season. And then he'll probably just end up doing spot duty for, yeah. When Pujarvi, you know, is out for a week or, or that kind of thing up in the top six. Uh, I will say that Brendan Perlini will play 82 games because he is the best player to wear at Edmonton Oilers logo. All right. Next up. Ask the idiots continues. Sticking with Brandon Perlini, this one's from the mailbag going up on Monday. Tyler, is Brendan Perlini the 2021 version of Tyratty? No, he's not. And that's not me saying he's guaranteed to have success this year or anything like that. That's me saying they did it in different ways. Ratty came in and, you know, was riding shotgun with McDavid, tapping in passes. Um, how hard did I buy into the Ty Ratty hype? I traded William Nylander for him in one of my fantasy hockey leagues after the Oilers final preseason game. <laughs> no, not a keeper league. It was a retrap wow. league. Oh my God. Good for you. Oh um, man, that is a sweet trade. Yeah. Um, but no, Perlini's not Ratty because he's not doing it with McDavid. He's doing it with the guys he'll actually be expected to play with this season. Also, you got to remember he is doing it against, you know, on some nights it was American League competition, like against Seattle, right? So, again, I don't think Perlini's scoring 25 goals this year or anything crazy like that. Yeah, but I think he could be serviceable. Pro tip, <laughs> if, you're, if you're drafting in a league against Tyler Uremchuk, yeah, tr- draft all Tyler. Oilers late on your bench and then trade them to him throughout the season. 
Uh, Nation Dan, I'm coming to you. Is Brendan Perlini the 2021 version of Tyratic? Uh, no, just because he's not like Tyler said, he's just not playing on the top line. That's all it is. He's he's going to be an effective player when he plays on the ice. I think he doesn't necessarily play a big body game, but he does have that big body and and has the instincts to pot some goals. So I think he's going to be he's going to do just fine in our bottom six. Something that we've been missing for a few years and have been able to kind of gloss over it because McDavid and Drysaddle were going supernova. But uh, yeah, for me, it's it's a no, but it's because he doesn't need to be. Rick. It doesn't make for very good listening, but no. And I think the two guys already gave up all the reasons. It's, you know, he's, yeah, just no, it's not the same situation. He's going to be decent where he is, but not, not the same as, uh, not the same as before. I'll wrap it up, say no, because Perlini is the most important player that the Oilers have had on their roster since <laughs> uh, coming into the NHL in 1979. Uh, Tyler, you're first up on this next question. We only got a couple here left for Ask the Idiots for Buster's Pizza. Tyler. Your first impression of Cody Cece? Uh, <laughs> um, they got to insulate him, man. <laughs> like, I just, I'm not sure if right now, well, I know I'm not sure right now. He, he's, I don't think he's a guy that can handle tough, tough defensive minutes. If they brought him in to be an Adam Larson replacement, we need to have a sit down with the Oilers pro scouts because he is clearly not an Adam Larson replacement. Um, Hopefully they can shelter him and he can find some success like he did in Pittsburgh. But I'll be honest, I'm a little bit nervous about that heading into the year. Cody Cece is the oiler on the roster. I am most nervous about heading into next season. And that answers that. Rick, first impressions on Cody Cece. I'm not looking at it too, too bad quite yet. Um, I know that contract scares me. I do believe the Oilers think that, uh, and counting on Bouchard kind of taking that two, two right D rule by Christmas or a little bit after. So this kid's going to be playing a third line minutes, third line role type of situation. It's preseason. So I'm not going to uh, lose my mind too much about some of the, some of his play so far. Um, I'll keep an open mind going forward. I don't like him as the, uh, the number two, but I don't think he's going to be there very long. I think he'll be okay in the long run. Uh, four years still scares me. This is like a one or two year contract type of person. Nation Dan, tell me about Cody Ceci. Listen, everybody knows Cody Ceci's mutter was not good in the preseason. His fodder wasn't good in the preseason, and he's not good in the preseason. It's okay. It's just the preseason. <laughs> if we wanted to judge our defense based off of these preseason performances, we would not be having any of our NHLers, really. Nobody's had a, a really stellar preseason themselves. So I just think that uh, – I think that – Tyler is just, uh, you know, he's, his fears are not unfounded because it's just the reality of the situation that Cody Cece over his career hasn't been, you know, Taylor Hall trade-worthy or anything like that. But uh, I'm sorry, I had to throw it out there. Easy. But uh, he's an Edmonton other now, so we're excited to have him. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think the preseason is kind of, for these veteran guys, it's, you know, I understand they're just going through the motions at this point. Uh, Cody CC for me is a mall Santa. He's given up pucks like they are candy canes. Uh, it makes me nervous, but it's preseason onward and upward. Uh, next up, Nation Dan, we're reversing the order. First impressions on Duncan Keith. Uh, well, I've only seen the one preseason game with him. Was that the, that's all he's played so far? Yes, two, two so far, or two, two. So I've only had a, a chance to really watch one of his games last night, and he did not inspire me in that one. He uh, he just he just looked un, you know dispassionate or whatever, however you say that. Uh, I, I like that he came over to help Cassian off the ice. That was good. Um, but yeah, for me, it wasn't anything stellar, of course. Rick, Duncan Keith. 
Uh, I think he's had a rough first period in his first two games, and the second and third in both games were much better. Um, yeah, I haven't seen anything too negative about him out there. I uh, Maybe that's just, you know, I'm trying to find the good out of there because all you read everywhere is everybody is out down on him and everything. But watching him, I didn't think he really stood out negatively or positively. Um, in, 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 in which case, I, I think that's, a, that's okay for a defenseman. Um, yeah, he's only going to get better going forward, so I'm, I'm not worried about that guy. Ty guy? Yeah, I'm not worried about him. Like, I'm not as concerned about him as I am about Cody Cece, just because, again, Keith is a good veteran. I think he brings those intangibles still, and, and it is the preseason. I think he's a guy who's obviously been in the league for a while, and he's just shaking off the rust right now. So I'm not concerned about Duncan Keith. I've actually, I've kind of liked how well he moves the puck. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's nice, and I think when you got forwards who can move the way the Oilers group can, it, it's good to have a D-man back there who can sling hard, confident passes up the ice. I forgot uh, to mention. I forgot to mention back low. Sorry. Uh, the one thing that Duncan Keith did this preseason that excited me the most was his compliments on this power play and how it's the best power play he's ever seen. Or I'm paraphrasing there, but it, I love that because that's that's super exciting for a for a guy that played on those Chicago Blackhawks uh, power play monster teams to say that it's pretty exciting. My first impression is it's the preseason. I got to. I'm going to give the guy some leash here. But you can, at least in the first two games he's played, the wheels that I remember when I think of Duncan Keith aren't there anymore. And maybe that's just, again, he's getting older and fuck me. So am I. I'm sore right now and I didn't even do anything today. Uh, so I'm hoping that as he kind of gets into game shape and gets more Bassin, that we'll kind of see that fluid skater that I remember from Chicago. But I guess that's kind of the first impression. It's not a bad one. It's just something I noticed. No, he's still he's still a good skater out there. Yeah, he's still a good skater. By of course, of course, it's just I just remember him as the guy who's a water bug for Chicago. You know what I mean? And I I need to get that out of my brain because I know that's not necessarily the player he is, nor the one that the Oilers expect him to be anymore. All right, last question for Buster's Pizza. Ask the idiots. Very last question, real quick, boys. How many games does Tyler Benson play with the Oilers this season, Rick? Oh, this question hurts. Um. I'm going to go with 25. Damn. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tough for him to get going here. I don't think he's really taking a spot um, as we're getting through preseason here. Uh, obviously, Perlini's going to rise above him because of the goals. I haven't disliked his game. He just hasn't been able to grab anything, anything tangible out there. Uh, I still think there's a player there. It could honestly be, yeah, and I said I don't see them putting him down. So he's going to roll around as a 13, 14 yep. forward. So he's going to get some goals. He's going to get some games in there. Um, I just, yeah, I hope he can get going and he makes and he makes me wrong. But I, I don't see it being a whole bunch. I think it'll be right around twenty five. Tyler, how many games for Tyler Benson? Fifty one. I'm going to say a similar number to Perlini. I think the two of them might be interchangeable at points this year, and there'll be a handful of games that they both end up getting into. So I will say Benson plays just over half the year. Mister Nation Dan. Uh, the Dave Tippett factor for me, just I'm going to take Rick plus one. So 26. I'm going to actually, I'm going to be the downer on this one because Dave Tippett loves his veterans, loves guys that have specific skill sets as like, I know Tyler Benson kills the penalties down in Baco. I don't know if he's going to really do got that. those veterans. Don't really have those veterans in the, in those holes though right now though. Like Perlini's not really a veteran. Sure. Perlini. Sure is not really a veteran. No, but you have a guy like, you know, you Zach know you're not looking kills at these penalties. 
Yeah, you but know? you're still going to need someone to play in the bottom six, or the, at least that bottom line, right? I'm just saying the guys are going to be inter- interchangeable. There isn't a, a Chiesa on there this time. There isn't. I, you know, I I could see them out playing tourists. So I just I just don't see that whole veterany thing happening because I don't think there's any 35 year old, you know, 15 year veteran um, sitting there trying to get one of those roles. So he's going to be forced to play whoever kind of fits or, or, or practice or whatever the hell it is. I just don't think there's a lot of uh, the GA sons, those veterans out there to take those, those spots. I'm going to say less than 20 games for Tyler Benson. And I hope I'm wrong. I love the kid last night. Even, you know what? I was watching the game last night. He was throwing his body around every time he was on the ice. I loved the way he played last night. That's gotta, just, that's gotta be the stuff he wants. They, they want him to do, right? Has to be, has to be. I just don't know if it's consistently there enough to be on a Dave Tippett roster on a nightly basis. So I hope I'm wrong because uh, it's just a great story. I'd love the local kid to make the weathers and contribute and all that, blah, blah, blah. I'd love all of it. Um, so I hope I'm wrong. So there it is. Ask the idiots for Buster's pizza. Before we move on to hot and cold performers, I want to ask Tyler about something that I saw from the DFO rundown today. <laughs> is there more drama between the Habs and hurricanes, Tyler? What's going on here? So Frank Cervalli today on the DFO rundown told us, that basically the NHL lets teams plan their own preseason schedules and they mandate that you have at least six. The minimum is you need to have six preseason games, figure out who you're playing and when you're playing them. The Carolina Hurricanes only scheduled themselves four and the NHL didn't catch it until the Montreal (laughs) Canadiens came through and blew the whistle on them and said, I snitched. They only Good. have four. Good. It was too late. The Hurricanes did not have to schedule more games, and there is apparently no punishment for doing this either. Oh, so, so, the Hurricanes, the so the Hurricanes basically just got away with it. But it was the Habs who blew the whistle and said, whoa, those guys who, by the way, just offer sheeted and took away Jesperi, Kaka, and Yemi, those guys don't have enough games on the schedule. They should have two less games on their regular season schedule now. Whoever they were playing for two games should just automatically get a win. That's my, that's my ruling. Judge bag like milk. That. Make it so. Why not? Well, Why not? I'm, I'm not a mathematician, but doesn't that mean that another team had less games too? I guess if somebody went no. with seven or eight, yeah. then they might not factor that in. But So basically what I've learned here is, one, the Canadians are snitches. Uh, which I, you know, in this case, I respect mm-hmm. because I think the NHL needs more wrestling. So I like it Two, We could have been done the preseason two games ago. That's what I've learned here. today. Well, dude, this is, this is the Carolina hurricanes cheating. Oh, they're the always. Why is, yeah. Why, why we always want to feel good about these guys. Like, why can't we call them up for what they're doing? They're not following the rules. Uh, it's been a situation think- since 06. I don't know why everyone sits there and wants to love them so much. Hey, I was just going to say that. I don't think anybody 06. confuses this you as terrible. liking the Carolina Hurricanes. You heard they need Judge Bagnell's Iron Fist. We need They've Iron lost fist. two games. Make them play those games and no points. I want them, like, they have to do something. <laughs> the, they have an inner squad game against each, themselves and no points are awarded except to the opponent. And, yeah, and they have to block at least 37 shots each. Every the other team is allowed to do the storm surge in Carolina when they win in Carolina. 
I think that every penalty they take this year should be two minutes and five seconds. Three minute power play. <laughs> I was going three. Three minute power play. It's, like it it's, it's about time we we treat these this organization the way that they should be treated. The way this not they're not good people. They're terrible over there, and they deserve to have all the punishments. They should ha- they should have to deal with minor inconveniences. Actually, like again, going back to like that Danbury documentary where yeah, like paper thin towels, no, paper thin towels, no cold showers, yeah. yeah. No skate they, only can, they can only sit in economy on planes. They it's only get general public. <laughs> they only get the old, orange Gatorade or whichever flavor is their least favorite. No pillows bag in their milk, hotel rooms. Bag milk and dad might be the only ones who know what I'm referring to is, but the only way they can sharpen their skates is one of those big white machines. Are they still around? Yeah. yeah okay. I don't yeah, think they're the still around, they, but I remember them. <laughs> that's the only way they get to sharpen their skates all year long. That, those machines, if you played minor hockey and you needed to have your skate sharpened, you might as well just take a fucking knife to the bottom of your blades <laughs> and try to carve it out yourself. Because those things were rock. just a nightmare. Go outside, grab a rock, and start chipping. <laughs> and while you're outside, Dan, I, I implore you to enjoy a cocktail, courtesy of our friends at Deuce Vodka. Maybe it's a Caesar. Maybe a road Caesar in a uh, Slurpee cup to go. Don't do that. Yeah, do not Vegas. do that. Don't do that. Unless you're in Vegas, you're allowed to drink on the streets. Here, I still think I should be allowed to drink on the streets, but that's, that's for a later not. date. Maybe as part of the upcoming mayoral election, I will try and put that on a platform somewhere. Okay. DeuceVodka.com. You'll see Brett Kessel right up front holding the bottle of Deuce Vodka. The find-in store button is right to the right of that. Just to the right. If you're looking left, not there. Other side of the screen. To the right. Gotcha. It shows you everywhere where you can buy Deuce Vodka here in Alberta. And if you're in Saskatchewan and you want a bottle, hit up sales at deucevodka.com. They will help you out, provided you are of legal drinking age and plan to enjoy responsibly. Got it? Good. Tyler, get your buttons ready. It's time for the Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers. And as we do every week, we start with our veggies. Nation Dan, you are first up. Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Uh, For me, it's going to be this propensity for all these teams to start uh, streaming their preseason games instead of putting them on television. I was unable to watch any of the Oilers preseason games while I was in Vegas. And uh, that made me sad. So for the broadcasters that decide that there's not enough juice to squeeze out of the preseason games, you get my deuce vodka cold performer of the week. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok and flat out deceived. I got to admit, it was real nice to have the game just on TV last night. And I know the second game, I guess, against the Kraken was on TV, at least for me. Um, it's just, it's way better. It's way better. Rick, you're up next. Deuce Vodka, cold form of the week. Well, first, I think you just got to check like the NHL center ace package because that's all free right now. So there's mm. been a bunch of other games mm. on that. But they wouldn't, so they couldn't broadcast it in the sports books for me, sadly. That's where I want oh, to really? on a big screen. No, that's fair. That's right. Well, anybody who watched TV last night, I honestly kind of like these situations for some weird ass reason. But uh, it goes to Russell Wing- Russell Wilson's finger. Uh, Did anybody uh, catch that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, how do you yeah, sound so happy, reason. Rick? I'm I'm turned off know, by man. how like, happy you some, sound about it. For some odd reason, I've I've always gotten a kick out of watching some of these things um, some what of those the fuck? Likes, <laughs> i don't know I have rick, hey this is a safe space rick it's okay we're learning rocket, more about rick today than we thought we would know rocket ishmael he was playing with the vikings i think he got up and his like pinky for his ring finger was like pointed back in the wrong direction and rick was like hell yes and it, so, oh, fuck yeah, yeah buddy his, yeah 
His teammate just came up and like grabbed it and like hit it around his own stomach. He's like, yeah, don't look at this. Um, I don't know why I kind of get a kick out of those things, but that finger was gnarly, man. That thing cannot be nice. That Oh, it was bent on all sorts of weird shapes. Yeah, that can be the cold performer this week. What the hell is going on? Literally, what the hell is going on? More <laughs> reasons than one here. <laughs> Your next up, Deucevac, a cold performer of the week once you recover from the broken finger talk. And how Rick apparently is some kind of sociopath and enjoys it. <laughs> I don't get it either, man. I don't get it. Um, it's like a pimple popper. We, we Dude, haven't I watched pod- those videos too. Oh, those are so gross. Not we haven't done a podcast since my beloved Toronto Blue Jays were eliminated. So the fact that the Washington Nationals on back-to-back days could not come out with late-inning victories over the Boston Red Sox, and now the Red Sox get to play in the ALDS, that is depressing. It is not right. Baseball needs to fix their playoff system. It gets my cold performer of the week. Are you thrilled? I'm not. Uh, just real quick, Tyler, you've got 30 seconds. What would you do to fix the baseball playoffs? I would eliminate divisions. I would do 15 teams in the AL, 15 teams in the NL, and a perfectly balanced schedule. Um, right now, there are too many big market teams playing in the AL East. There's three of them, and there are other divisions <laughs> where teams like the Chicago White Sox can coast through against a bunch of dog shit opponents. It's ridiculous. Balance the schedule, get rid of the divisions, have the top five or six teams make the playoffs and go from there. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There you have it. Uh, just before I move on from you, Tyler, how often is BGN radio being recorded in the off season? Uh, BGN radio, we're going to do like probably about one a week. It's going to be pretty loose though. No set date. Just whenever Coombsy and I got takes or whenever we have someone who wants to come on the show, we'll record a pod and drop it. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Blue Jays nation radio subscribe, wherever you get your podcast from my deuce vodka cold performer of the week is nation. Dan, I love you, buddy, but you got married without telling anybody. I want to come to Vegas. I want to bet on the ponies. I want to go to Taco Bell Cantina and celebrate Nation Dan's wedding. While I am calling him my Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week, he's also, he was my hot performer of the week last week for getting married, but now he's here. So I can tell him, I wish I was there and I'm jealous that you got to go to (laughs) Vegas, but we didn't get to have fun with you on your wedding day. Despite me being happy for you, Nation Dan is my Cold Performer of the Week. Oh, death cold. The party that's going to happen later is going to be worth all the wait. I promise. Are we going to Vegas for it? We'll see. We'll see what the what Oof. the plans bring. Well, Congratulations again, buddy. Thank you. Very happy for you and Mandy. Happy couple. Handsome couple. Saw all the photos. Check out the Danalytic on Instagram. Catch up with what was going on there that we were just not invited to. Again, cold performer of the week, Nation Dan. All right. <laughs> Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. I'm reversing the order. Tyler, you're up first. Your Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. It has been a long time since the four of us has have sat in a room to do a podcast together face to face, but that will soon be changing. Yes, because we can announce this is the final Friday where we will not be in studio recording Oilers Nation Radio next Friday. The four of us looking at each other in the brand new studio down in the River Valley, talking about regular season hockey previewing a battle of Alberta that will happen the next night. It absolutely does not get any better than this. I can't believe it. I'm excited to hear, you know what? I'm excited to hear Jack again. I miss Jack. Yeah. I miss Jack. Uh, Rick, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hop from the week. Well, we're going to, uh, we're going to go to the, 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 the football pitch for this one. And uh, Canada did, some, did something last night that they haven't done um, pretty much ever, I think. Uh, they walked into Mexico and walked out of there with a draw. If you look at the games that Mexico has held in Mexico, 
Um, look at their record, and it's all just World Cup qualifiers. It's absolutely they have like it's it's ridiculous. The amount of wins they have is nuts, and there's very few draws and, and even even less losses. So what they were able to do last night, go in there and get a draw and walk out of there. Um, it's hats off to them. It's nice to see that the uh, the men's side of the soccer is, is starting to take off as well. Pour it on. I'm going to jump in here next because Nation Dan's my cold performer of the week, so I'm making him go last. My Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week. I just want to give some love to Carey Price for stepping back and into the NHL NHLPA player assistance program to take care of his mental health and his family first. I think that's very admirable. I think it's also a very good, um, he's a very good role model for people that may or may not feel okay talking about this stuff. So see Carey Price, one of the NHL's biggest names, stepping away to take care of himself first. I want to give him my Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week. Put some respect on my name. Finally, the secret keeper, the non-wedding Taco Bell Cantina inviter, the pony better, the married man. Coming back to the podcast for the first time in a couple of weeks, Nation Dan, wrap us up. Deuce Vodka Hop from the week. Well, I appreciate you taking uh, Carrie Price off the board. A little, a little hat tip also to Jonathan Drouin for also doing the same kind of thing, taking care of his mental health uh, yep. ahead of Carrie there. Uh, but my hot performer of the week is going to be a little bit selfish, and it's going to go to my wife Mandy uh, for being my a part wife. of for my wife uh, for being part of keeping the secret. We had a lot of fun with the countdown that we did uh, with little bits of Edmonton that we had gone as uh, on dates in and, and that kind of thing. Uh, to being to including a hockey night in Canada legend in my uh, yeah. in my little teaser video that was fun with Bob Cole there uh, getting married in Vegas without you know without all the the ceremony here with of course COVID screwing up everything was was interesting it was really neat to walk down the strip because everybody says congratulations to you because you know it's Vegas and that's what people do and uh, and then to to come back to all the social media messages the messages from everybody else uh, you made us feel like rock stars we really appreciated that we had a lot of fun you know teasing stuff and having fun with it and and appreciate you guys uh, all sending love my way and our way so uh my deuce vodka hot performer of the week is my wife mandy for saying yes so when you posted that teaser video with bob cole dan i was just yes. like i was on the phone with somebody i don't remember jay or or wanye or maybe even Graham or whatever i'm like i'm pretty sure dan got engaged oh no it was Graham. it was definitely Graham. he's like no man they got married those are wedding bands you don't <laughs> buy those unless you're married i was just like that motherfucker got married in vegas without us yeah so we've been we've been planning it for about four or five months uh we just you know we agreed to to do it and so it was a it was a whole plan but yeah there was no engagement or anything it was just it was just that teaser and then uh mandy posted our photo that we were married right afterwards and you weren't allowed bag milk some people thought it was just an engagement announcement but uh but we had some fun with it i think the most important part of dan's wedding is that he realized how selfish the rest of us are and how we just wanted to be included Yes, it's the most important here. I haven't had Taco Bell Cantina in almost two years now, and it's driving me crazy. Again, congratulations to Dan and Mandy. Steal from a Chick Fil A. You two, allegedly, in your opinion, that happened. I don't know. I've (laughs) I've never seen anything quite like that before in my life, personally. At Chick Fil A. (laughs) Uh, Weather's Nation Radio, episode one sixty one. I didn't get into any reviews this week, but I knew we got some fresh ones. Keep hitting us up with the reviews. I'll read some next week. I'll get caught up. I promise you. Whether you like us, whether you hate us, I just want to know your feedback. What can we do better? 
Maybe just insert yourself in the podcast with a hot take you want me to read in the old reviews. Whatever you want, I shall read it. And for our friends at DoorDash, Sherwood Ford, Cornerstone Insurance, Deuce Vodka and Buster's Pizza, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you got around you, Weather's Nation Radio comes out every Friday. Next week, we are in the studio, boys. I'm looking forward to seeing you. That's all for this week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Shout out, Uwe Krupp. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.